Bokar Tov, we are doing uh, Malachim Bet. We are in chapter 4, no? Yes. The, so chapter 4 has a few more stories of Elisha performing miracles. I actually just read a very interesting analysis of the fact that Elisha is constantly performing miracles. You know, so far all we've seen from Elisha is miracle after miracle. Bears come and eat this and cleans the water up for people, causes the water to, to come and flood and, um, and give the military water. Then in the story we read yesterday, he has a jug of oil that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't stop producing oil and it pays off all the debts of this poor lady. And then we're going to see a bunch, uh, a few more miracles today. He's going to bless a lady with a child, which by the way, the, what we're about to learn today is actually the haftarah of this week's parasha Bayera. So it's like, nice when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, why I saw it on Sepharia's... Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly what we're going to do today is, is the haftarah for Parashat Bayera. Because just like Elisha is about to promise the lady we will see a child, so too the angels promised Abraham and Sarah that they will have a child. And it uses, it uses the same exact language. Ka'et chaya. Next year at this time, you will have a child, okay? So, uh, there was an analysis of why Elisha is constantly doing miracles. You know, whenever, whenever Eliyahu, he did miracles, it was typically because he wanted to make a statement. Like the miracle at Har Carmel was to make a statement that Baal is, the, is not God and Hashem is the God, right? So he makes a statement. And then also you see something that Eliyahu was constantly interacting with kings. Eliyahu was always interacting with the royalty. Elisha, he's more... With the people, he's more interacting with, this, you know, people on the ground, on the the grassroots. So, the analysis points out that Eliyahu's miracles are always done for the purpose of teaching the king a lesson, and Elisha's miracles are done for the purpose of making people's lives better. Okay, Eliyahu is focused on teaching the higher echelons of society lessons. And Elisha is focused on trying to bring chesed and rachamim into the lives of the laymen. And that's kind of like a difference in their approach where Eliyahu thought that he could make a kiddush Hashem by, by, through deen, through justice and through enforcing God's law. And Elisha thought he could do a kiddush Hashem by giving kindness to the people and showing that Borei Olam is a kind and is a god of rachamim. And that's kind of the theme we will continue to see with Elisha in all of the miracles that he performs, okay? Yesterday we had the jug of oil. Again, there's a, a, a clear comparison of the miracle that we saw yesterday where uh, the woman is, is uh, she's a widow and she has two sons and there's a creditor who is about to enslave her sons uh, and, and Eliyahu comes and he says, okay, bring me flasks of oil, flasks, empty flasks and let's take your, your jug of oil and the oil keeps filling and filling and filling all the flasks until she has enough to sell and she has enough for herself. She pays off her creditors and then she has enough to, to live on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that story is comparable to the, for one of the first stories we saw of Eliyahu and Avi. Right after Eliyahu caused the drought in Am Yisrael, Borei Olam sends him to a lady who is starving and she basically says, I have one last piece of bread, one last piece of flour. My goal is to go cook it and me and my son will eat it and we're both going to die of starvation. And then Eliyahu, he tells her, um, go, go cook the piece of bread and then give me a piece first. And it ended up being that the bread reproduced and produced and produced and it did not, uh, the kada kemach lo 
Atzar, there, there was no, it didn't, the, the flour did not finish and she was able to produce a lot more bread and she lived on it. So it's a similar story, right? In both cases, the water, the, the food item reproduces. So Eliyahu and Elisha both have the same miracle. The difference is that in the first case, Eliyahu was the one who through his drought that he caused is the one who caused the woman to lose all of her money to begin with. You get that? Yeah. Um, Eliyahu was the, it was his fault. And then in the course of the miracle, Eliyahu says, give me a piece first. So not only is Eliyahu the cause of the problem, Eliyahu then requests to get bread from her first in his story. Elisha is definitely not the cause of the problem here because the woman, she's only poor because her husband died. And he does not ask for anything. We don't see him taking any of the oil. Okay, so that's a difference in, in the two stories that we saw, and that's a, a basic comparison. There is a midrash important to point out about the story of the oil. They say that this lady that has fallen in, on, onto hard times, the widow that, Eliyahu, that Elisha helps with the oil, the midrash says that she was the wife of Ovadiah Hanavi, and Ovadiah was the one who hid the Nevi'im from uh, Achav and Izebel. Whenever the Izebel was trying to kill all the Nevi'im of Hashem. Obadiah was the one who hid them. And we even saw Obadiah. We, he interacted with Eliyahu before. Now, he was so indebted to this creditor. Now, now because he had to support all of these Nevi'im, mm. he fell into debt. And when he passed away, his wife was the one who had to carry all the debt. So that's why she fell into debt. That's what the Midrash points out. That's a Midrashic uh, understanding of what's going on. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's that story. Uh, let's go now to Pasuk Chet of Perek Dalid. Elisha goes to a city called Shunem. Then there was a, a very magnanimous woman there. And she pressured him to take her bread and to eat bread with her. And it was anytime he passed through the area. As Elisha seemingly he was constantly going traveling around Eretz Israel to help and support people. So whenever he would pass by, that's where he would go and stay. That was like his, you know, if like rabbis come to town, there's sometimes there are families that are very generous that they always keep their homes open. So this was that lady. She was an Ishag Dola, meaning she was a wealthy woman. She was a magnanimous woman. And she was the one that every time Elisha came to town, she was the one who hosted him. And she says to her husband, And she said, Behold, I know that this man is a holy man and he's constantly... Um, coming by our our uh, our town, let's make him a little attic. And we're going to put him for a bed, a table, a chair, and a little lamp. And it was when he will come to us. He will go there. He has everything he needs: a bed, a chair, and a table. What else does a person need? A bed, a chair, a table, and a little light, a source of light. Okay, and anytime he comes over, he could say that that will be like his place. We'll leave it for him. He knows that it's his anytime he comes. He doesn't even have to tell us that he's coming. It's always designated for him. Oh, sorry, wrong pasuk. And it was that uh, one day when he was traveling through and he passed by Shunem, he goes to the area and he sleeps in his attic that she made for him. So, recognizing Elisha, first of all, this is our introduction to Gehazi, who is Elisha's servant, who according to the Chachamim is no good. He's not a good person, okay? So uh, keep, uh, keep an eye out for any hint that he may not be good. Okay, we'll already see the first one in this, parasha, in this, uh, in this chapter, okay? But he says to Gehazi, his servant, 
call this Shunammite woman and tell her to come. Okay, and why? Because he recognizes that she's doing a lot of kindness for her, so he wants to try to repay her. Okay. Um, and then he says, you went through all of this trouble for us. This is what Elisha told Gehazi to tell the lady. You went through all of this trouble for us. What can we do for you in return? Could I speak to you with the king? Could I speak with you with the army general? Maybe, I don't know, get you a benefit, give you something, uh, give some form of uh, payback for, for all the good you've done to us. And she says, no, I'm very content dwelling amongst my people. I don't need to interact with any, any uh, dignitaries. I don't need any introduction to the king. I don't need any of that. I, I'm a, a woman of the people. I'm happy to be amongst the people. Humble lady. Uh, she's wealthy, but at the same time doesn't see the need to you know, advance herself in the social circles and whatnot. And then he says, um, uh, so then Elisha says to Gehazi, And then Gehazi answers Elisha and he says, She doesn't have a son and her husband is very old. Okay, so Elisha asks, asks Gehazi, What can we do for her then if she doesn't need anything? Gehazi says the only thing she didn't mention is that she doesn't have a son. So maybe we could help her out with that. She doesn't have a son. Her husband is very old. So he said, Elisha says, call her. And Gehazi calls her. And she stands at the entrance. Where was Sarah standing? When, uh, whenever she got the news, when she heard the news from Abraham? At the entrance. Yes. Of the oil. What's the pasuk? Um... Whatever, they, they were by the entrance, okay? Petach ha'ohel, something like that. Okay, pasuk tet zayn. Vayomer lamu'ed hazeh ka'et haya. So then Elisha says to the lady, at this time, next year, at choveket ben, you will be hugging a son. Vatomer al Adoni. And she says, please, my master, isha Elohim, man of God, al tichazeh b'shivchatecha. Don't make a... Uh, don't mislead, don't trick, don't trick me, don't trick your servant, your maidservant. It's, it's impossible. Meaning, not in a, she's not saying it in an angry or an unbelieving way. She's don't saying it. Don't give me false hope. Yeah, don't give me false hope. Exactly. And this is exactly the response of Sarah, uh, Sarah. where she laughs. Is me? I'm 90. How, how am I going to have a child? Okay. Right. So she became pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Exactly one year later, or this is the same time the next year. Just like Elisha spoke to her. And then the kid grew up. And it was one day. He goes out to his father to the shearers. They're in the field. They were cutting and they're probably cutting wheat and bringing the stalks in. And he said to his father, My head hurts. My head hurts. So then the father says to the servant, Go take him to his mother. And the servant takes him by and the servant brings the boy in. She, he brings him to his mother. She, he sits on her lap until the afternoon and he passes away. The boy passes, the boy away. passes away. The boy that Elisha miraculously gave to the woman, she, he, he passes away. Okay? So the lady... She then just takes the boy 
and she puts him in Elisha's bed. Where, okay, sorry. Where is Elisha? Where, uh, this is, the story is sounding very fairy tale ish at this point. Where is, what do you mean, where, where is Elisha? Wh- wh- who is, Elisha is a Navi? Yeah, yeah, Elisha okay, is so a Navi. Okay, so she went to his bed a few years after this kid was like born. He's like, what? It seems, he's like yeah, the bed that she had from in her attic. He must have not been, been there that day. Or he was out. The bed day. for him in the attic. Yeah, oh, she's, okay. she made an attic for yeah, him yeah, in her yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. So she takes the boy. To her own attic. So seemingly he still lives there. Okay. He still comes there. We don't know if he lives there all okay. the time. He still is a place that <laughs> anytime he's in town, that's where he stays. Like it's a designated spot. Right. Okay. Okay. Then she takes him into the attic. She puts him on Elisha's bed. She closes the door and she leaves. Yeah, it's a very grand thing. Like, imagine Elisha then walks into his room and he sees the dead kid yeah. is on his bed. So, um, you know, that's, that's uh, going to wake him up. But Tikra Elisha, she calls then to her husband. Please send me one of the servants. And I want to run to the man of God and I will return. And he says, why are you going to the man of God today? It's not Rosh Chodesh and it's not, Shabbat, it's not a holy day. And she says, I'm out of here. Now, what's interesting is that she's not telling her husband that the son is dead. Mm. She just says, send me a servant and I want to go to the holy man. Mm-hmm. And he says, why? And she says, I'm going, don't ask. Um, <laughs> she didn't want the uh, this... Uh, tragedy to become known to her husband. She just wanted Elisha to know. It reminds me a little bit of the wife, the mother of Shimshon and her husband Manoach. How the wife is the one who gets the experience with the angel mm-hmm. and Manoach is kind of like left out of the picture. Mm-hmm. That's from the book of Shofetim. Okay, so this is maybe one of those themes in which the lady is more is more in the know than the man. Uh, and she... she uh, saddles the donkey and she tells her servant, Go ride it and don't stop. Uh, don't uh, I just go straight. Then she goes and she finds Elisha that's in Hara Carmel, which is not in their city. Okay, so he was in Hara Carmel that day. And whenever he sees the woman, he says to Gechazi, He says, Oh, this is the Shunamite woman who's our, our uh, hostess. Mm-hmm. Go run to her And then he tells Gehazi Go to her and say Are you good? And is your husband okay? And how is your son? And she said everyone is okay She doesn't want to talk to Gehazi So she said everyone is okay And then she comes herself To Elisha Going around sidestepping Gehazi and then Gekhazi comes to push her away because she wants to go directly to Elishan. He's the bodyguard, kind of. And then Elisha recognizes that she's in a bad mood. So he says, let go of her, Gekhazi, because her, 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 whole, her, her soul is in pain. And God, did not, God hid this from me. And God did not tell me what, her, what she's going through. Okay, so... Um, we'll see what she says to Elisha tomorrow. The story we complete tomorrow, Bezor Hashem. Uh, but so far, the son is dead, sitting in Elisha's room on the bed, 
and the lady came to Elisha, sidestepping Gehazi, and said, um, and, and shook his leg, and Elisha realizes something is wrong. So tomorrow we're going to see what exactly she says to Elisha. Amen, amen. amen. amen, amen.